Hello and welcome to The Shimmer. I'm John Bradley. And I'm Brian Batiste. And today we're going to talk about a movie that you've already seen the title of, so it's already spoiled, but we're also going to kind of talk around a little bit, a couple thingies. Yeah, we, we discussed it a little bit previewing on our previous episode, previewing previous, um, Midsommar, um, directed by Ari Aster, um, whose directorial debut was Hereditary, another movie we've talked about in graphic detail on this podcast. Um, so we're going to barrage you with a bunch of shit that we experienced and learned after the fact, much like last time. Jumped down the rabbit hole a little bit, read the script, saw what made it, what didn't make it. Fun times. Ari Aster might now hold the record for most movies we've talked about on this very famous and meaningful podcast. I would agree with you. And I mean, he's he's the internet's internet's director right now. He is right now, and I'm okay with that. I feel like a lot of the times... Uh, when something challenging like this comes out, you have everybody come out uh, from their hideouts and give their opinion about film, which is, again, film is that art form where everyone is like, I have my opinion and everyone needs to know about it. And that's fine because that's what we're doing. Uh, but it is interesting to see everybody enjoying it. It's it's either like I really, really enjoy it and I like that it challenged me or I am really disturbed by it, but no one is like, that's a bad film overall. Now, people that do criticize it, because there is like harsh criticism. Oh, you have people, seen some? 100%. Oh, okay. It all comes down to how they're marketing his movies, because even mm. Hereditary had that backlash with like, it's the scariest movie since The Exorcist, and everyone's yeah. like, uh, I went and saw Annabelle, and that movie scared the fuck out of me. This one didn't really scare me, because there's no like jump scares. It's like, yeah. uh, I mean normie audience like oh we're looking for that like hour and a half blockbuster thriller with jump scares and crazy shit and this is like a slow burn movie over the course of two hours that has like character arcs and like weird little quirks and little easter eggs all over the place and it's not it's not your typical horror movie and even him Ari Aster himself is like this is not really a horror movie it's like an adult fairy tale like a folk tale this Midsummer? is not yeah, he yeah, was, like, yeah, yeah. so adamant, like, this is not a horror movie. Yeah. Like, stop. Everyone's like, oh, the terrifying new follow-up to Hereditary, Midsummer, because everyone's just, you know, the hype machine, which I constantly bring up on this bullshit. Right. Like, to a degree, it's it, it could be a good thing, and then it could be a bad thing, because that's why the audience score goes down on all these rating sites, because everyone's like, oh, well, I really wasn't scared, and I think it was, like, a little too long, and, I mean... It is longer than I expected it to be. What the original cut we found out through the AMA was like th over three hours long. But it's also, uh, I mean, every, that's the thing that like the internet is trying to dispel and people that give a shit, uh, every original cut is long. Like that's just, they make it knowing like, hey, this is going to be kind of long. I think Bowser's in the process of trying to hang himself on your microphone stand. So I had to get a picture of that. I'm normally the one that fidgets with my microphone and this is the one time that I'm not. <laughs> And uh, he's just like constantly smashing his head into it because he's trying to suicide himself. I guess. Also, I think it's funnier to say suicide himself than kill himself. Uh, I, it's the same. We've talked about this before, especially with like Annihilation, where the direct, the people that are making the trailers are often removed entirely from the actual filmmaking process, and they're just like getting instructions from producers and housing teams to be like, yo. Sell it like this because that's selling well right now. It strikes me, at least with uh, Midsummer and Hereditary, based on his comments, that he kind of has full creative control with A24. It kind of seems like he's the one that's probably 
at least with hereditary it made sense where they really pushed and i talked about this before they pushed charlie's character through marketing a lot so when you go into the movie and she's wiped out by minute 30 you're like oh my god what what is this and there was that there was elements like that to a degree in midsummer but not anything i guess Uh, there was a couple things um those close-up camera shots of like the feet levitating yes there was some supernatural looking elements to midsummer potentially that ended up really not being there at all right well i mean it is definitely like that uh it's terrifying if you are just there for the ride and if you are openly watching it and visualizing everything um not visualizing but like viewing everything it's not that scary if you're looking for jump scares no, yeah, yeah. But there are things in it that are very terrifying to witness. Um, one moment in particular, which I've already brought up to a couple people, and it even took me off guard, um, during, spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're ever f- going to listen to this, we're going to spoil it. The first specified, or first displayed ritual that really yes. kind of fucks everybody up involves um, two of the eldest members of the community, Um that I you know they they view life in four seasons, eighteen year cycles. Yes, I believe. Yes. So uh, after age seventy two or seventy four, seventy two. After age seventy two, thirty six, yeah. fifty four, seventy. This creepy two. community kind of views life ending. The cycle ends at age seventy two. So like, which like honestly, fair. Yeah, I kind of back this. At 72, it's like, what What else can you offer to society? So the two of the people, two elders in the community volunteer themselves. They have like this like uh, nice fancy dinner outside with the community. And they give this weird creepy toast and they look super bummed out. But like, ah, this is what we got to do, right? Take their shots. They get like put on thrones and like escorted up to the top of this cliff. And the entire community watches. They're treated like royalty for their like final day. Yeah. Yeah. They uh they get the cuts on their hands and that's where you see that iconic shot of them wiping their bloody palms on the uh the stat uh, not statue but it was like a yes the engravings the engraving. on the rock yeah aka uh, the precursor to Lion King and the did the, you know that that this is actually the same <laughs> uh, village where Lion King is filmed later seriously yeah not kidding no <laughs> that's Aww. like in Africa that's like in a jungle dude it's like on a soundstage in there Hollywood. are lions know. and like hyenas in Sweden I don't know. I don't think anyway. I said that, and halfway through my my sentence, I was like, I don't have any factual knowledge to back this up. I'm no National Geographic. I don't know. Other than like climate, I just can't imagine it. But that's definitely somewhere in Africa. Um, I said definitely again, and I'm realizing like again, <laughs> not sure. It could be anywhere. It could be. I have no knowledge of Lion King in the past decade and a half, at least. So. I also just realized that decade and a half doesn't put me that young anymore. I no. hate this. <laughs> this is 30. This yeah. is 30. Yeah. Uh, the female elder uh, walks to the edge of the cliff and uh, our main character, Danny. Are you doing a, a synopsis friends, now? Or are you just going just through the this part mini, that scared Just you? this part. Okay. It didn't scare me, but it definitely fucked me up. It's okay to be scared. You don't have to be macho. Scared is definitely not there. I was like, whoa. It just. Would you say it terrified you? No. When's the last time you saw The Shining? Because I feel like this is the same comparison that every movie and critic is making about Ari Aster film. Uh, Have you ever seen The Shining? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, yeah. It's been a while. Uh, that's, the, that's the one. I was going to make a joke saying the last time I saw it was when I watched uh, Ready Player One. <laughs> but 
Um, yeah. Yeah, anywho. El- elder female, ju- like, face plants, does, like, a full belly flop off this cliff onto a rock below. Yes. And it's a very wide shot, and the body falls, and, like, it looked kind of, like, hokey-ish. I mean, not that there's anything... I mean, if a body falls off of a high, you know, yeah. s- source and splats, it just kind of goes. But the shot didn't really look that bad. And I almost, I literally, in the, in the middle of inner dialogue, I'm like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And then they slam cut to like a close-up, like last five seconds of the fall. And you see this lady blow her face out yes. on the rock in yes. graphic detail. Like her whole head caves in. Yes. Lindsay on my right, uh, Lucy on my right, <laughs> uh, goes oh like and kind of like flinches like turns away like to like oh and then brendan's sitting next to me and you're sitting so you're two people away from me and i hear you go oh my god and yeah turned like because it was like a really quiet moment it's not it's not accentuated by any music stingers anything like that it's just a very quiet like a was there music? Yeah, there was music right yeah kind of i can't remember it's a very like quiet moment that's a big thing now like I need the, to see it a lot, um, again. Um, like a, a pivotal moment in a movie with just like no audio attached to it. You're just like, because in real your life, your brain almost there like takes a be. second. Yeah, your brain yeah. takes almost like a second to like realize what's happening. And you're like, oh my god! Like, yeah. And he fucks you with that a couple times afterwards. There is music, but you I missed think it at it's some point because all... you went you went to the bathroom. There's a couple like slam cuts out of nowhere, going back to like head trauma out of nowhere. There is music, but I think it's all uh, being played on screen, which again, that word that I always forget that means that literally just like, oh, the music that you hear, you're being, or you're seen playing it. Yeah. You're shown it, whatever. Yeah. I, uh, he said in his AMA, which I'm sure that we'll get to, Ari Aster did an AMA on Reddit, which if you're unfamiliar means ask me anything. Basically an online interview with nerds and anybody that wants to. Uh, and he said that there will always be some sort of blunt force head trauma shown in all of his movies. Yeah, he said blunt force. He loves all about the because he. Yeah. Someone brought it up. He's like, I never thought about that. Oh, Pug, you gotta get down. I am trying to block him you out just, like I am just playing shush, basketball. Just shush him out. And he is just fitting his little bean head everywhere he can. He puts all of his body weight in his front paws, and it hurts if he's on the wrong spot. And his head is aerodynamic and tiny, so he just like fits it into any crevice and then shoves his body there. Yeah. Probably how he was born. He probably and just came out like Bowser's that. eating his butt, human centipede style. Get out of here, Bowser. Okay, so... I thought I, the part that I missed, which I'm sure we'll jump into, I had seen in a trailer for the most part. And that was the one that I said, like, oh, I saw it in a trailer and it spoiled some shit. And I thought that, that would be more apparent in the story. And it wasn't either way. Yeah, it was really trippy, like nightmare scene. Yeah. And that's kind of a part where they they like. So I was afraid of it because they immediately jump into drug taking. And I'm not that into movies that do trippy stuff and say, like, oh, it's just because they took shrooms and now we can do an entire movie based on that. Yeah. Which they did kind of play with a lot in this. But I think that what he did that really made it better is by the end of it, you're seeing them taking the drugs and you're getting the visual, like, fuck up around or like the, the, where it looked like melting film type, the, um, yeah, there was a lot of yeah. visual manipulation. Yes, that's the word. Um, but you're no longer like, oh, he drank that tea or whatever, and now I'm in this trip, and it was just an excuse for him to be tricky and yeah. trippy. 
I thought that then you started to see more of like, if I see somebody taking drugs, I want to kind of experience it with them, but I also want to be viewing their trip from like a reliable spot, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I want to watch them trip more than just have an excuse for like, let me try a trippy scene now and fuck with viewers. And I think you want to be the third person spectator, not the first person like, Oh my God. Yes. I think that he does a very good job of straddling this line of like, you're kind of in it, but it's not a comfortable thing. And then you're also just showing them losing or you're seeing them lose their minds. Like Florence Pia, amazing when she runs into like the little outhouse in the very beginning or whatever. Oh yeah amazing and i saw an interview he did where he was saying like that's when you first start to see the manipulation with the trees but it's so subtle at first that you don't even notice it the shots also subtle i, I would guarantee that there was like a 20 to 30 percent 20 20 to 30 percent of the theater in which we watched that movie didn't realize there was yes. something behind her in the mirror and that is kind of the point of it like and that's that's why i have a hard time with talking about Movies like this with people that are like, it's just, it's probably the most like shitty elitist thing I'll say, but there are certain movies where you have to actively watch them. And if you're only going in there like, what's the main character doing? I don't give a fuck about the surroundings. Yeah. You're, you're going to miss so much. It's like active reading versus casual reading. Like you're questioning what you're seeing and you're looking around. Type yeah. Thing. It's not a put it on in the background and like you'll catch on kind of thing. Like you're missing half the story if you're not yes. watching But at the same time, he does this really good job of, like, if you just wanted to follow Florence Pia and see her story, you can get that out of that movie. Like, you can be like, oh, okay, cool, crazy. But if you also are like, let me see every fucking millisecond of frame, dog, you can get that too. That girl can act pretty well, I mean, transitioning from being a WWE superstar. (laughs) If you're unaware, Florence Pia... uh, Definitely not the real way to say her name, but if you're unaware, Pew, she Pew, played uh, Paige, the WWE superstar whose career got taken from her because of injury. She plays her in a biopic or biopic of her coming to America from Fighting England. with my family. Yes. Not a good movie, but she no. saves it like... Have you watched it yet? Yeah, I watched it on Plex months ago. I watched it in theaters because my friend wanted to see it. Ugh. She is the saving grace of it. Even with The Rock in it. (laughs) She's amazing. And I think the other fun thing about her is uh, she went on like a big marathon of... She still is. Just posting like little knickknacks and information about Midsummer on her Instagram right now. Like Mm -hmm. every day she's like, here's some more fun stuff. Here's another thing. And I think it's fun when actors do that. The creepy redhead does too. Does she? Yeah, it's really creepy. I do not follow her on Instagram. Neither do I. I just was like, when I was going down the rabbit holes, looking around at people. Yeah. Who the fuck is this person? Who's that person? It's all a bunch of people. Like, I have no idea who they are. And we had talked about this kind of off podcast that I feel like if the trajectory keeps going, she could be like an amazing actor. I mean, she's the lead in the Black Widow movie, so. And already, like, the stuff. I thought that she was great in Midsummer. There was a whole article I meant to reference and completely forgot that talks about. the screams of women that we've heard in film and how Ari Aster is changing that with Tony Collette and now Florence Pugh, 
where it's not just like these like high shrills that seem like dainty. No, it's like that brutal like. Yeah, it's like, like the guttural. Like, yeah. yeah, the guttural. That's the other thing that I really like about him. It said it in the script too. I forget where it said it, like when she was crying that shot at you know when Danny finds out her family's basically dead. And it's that wide shot coming in, zooming her on the yeah. couch crying. Yeah. It says, let me pull it up. It says it in the script, like in pretty detail. Like, I was like, I thought it was good wording yeah. for like how he described it. Um, for those, while well, you look for it, for yeah. those that don't know, uh, the Midsummer script leaked at some point months ago. And he kind of came out and was like, hey, I don't mind that it leaked. I'm not pumped about it. But like, if you are going to read it, please read it after you watch the movie. Um. Wide on the living room were centered on the couch where Christian sits. Danny has crumbled there, her head shaking violently against Christian's lap as she weeps behind them. Or as she weeps. Behind them, a window showcases snowfall against the dark night. Danny's sobs are possessed of a profound despair. It's so intense that it looks painful, dangerous even. We're pushing in on this toward them. Christian's eyes are wide with worry. A worry that goes beyond Danny's well-being. Uh... Yeah, there's other shit too, but it, when she first starts crying on the phone, it's like how it just continues to like bellow into like yeah. craziness. Yeah, I uh, a wall, a sustained wall of anguish. That's what it says. Yeah, that's the fun. crying is curled into a sustained wall of anguish. I, you know how when they show the nominees of like best screenplay for the Oscars, you always get the actual scene and the screenplay like cut underneath the bottom half. Yes, I would love to watch an actual movie like that. That'd be like something like I think depends on the movie they can make like yeah. a special feature. Like I would love to watch Midsummer or Hereditary or something where the pacing isn't fast. Watch it with the audio descriptions on Netflix. <laughs> oh, Danny enters the room. <laughs> no, I've been debating that because I love watching it with the captions on, and I've heard more and more about the audio descriptions, and I'm like, it'd be fun to watch it with that. Lucy does it at work when she's not paying attention. It's like really? so and so enters the room, <laughs> but it's like it can be super different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think that it's fun. I think another thing that I really want to commend him on is it's very, very realistic. And I think that's what's very terrifying of it. Because like you said, when the person falls, our brains have seen so much media uh, and film and TV to see that like, oh, if that body actually does anything, it's going to splatter. Yeah, you're, you're, you know, we have like this over the top like yeah. video game like yeah. oh this is how like everything works like you shoot a gas tank and it explodes like no Dude, it doesn't. When I was younger and uh like Don't try that. In college uh we I was filming something with a friend and they were super at the time like into Tarantino and stuff and they were like oh this person just got hit in the head we need to put a bunch of fake blood under like coming out of their nose and mouth. And I was like, he just got punched in the head. Like, if anything, it would just be like the Eleven style, like just coming out a little bit from his nostril. And he's like, no, we need to do a ton of blood and shit. And I was just like, that's not realistic. Like, if you want to be Hollywood about it, then go ahead and throw like a whole face of blood like he just bladed on his forehead too deep. But it's not actually, unless you break your nose, then it's gushing. But still, that's what I love about him, Ari Aster's filmmaking it's super realistic. Yeah, and I mean, again, going back to earlier, there's nothing supernatural about anything that happens in this movie. It's just very much like a cult doing cult things. I can't say enough how welcoming that was and how much I was happy that there were no ghosts in this movie. Oh, I know for you, yeah, specifically, so you don't Fuck freak ghosts. out. 
I will watch 50 different, like, here's some crazy shit that happens in Sweden, scary movies. Fuck anything. It's like, this ghost was in this house in America. Have fun. I love how there was a couple, like, one of the more, one of the more, uh, final moments of the film is like showcased greatly in the preview when the uh the cult members are positioning bodies in the temple for burning yes. and they have that weird like that band young and in the way their logos painted up on the, on the fucking <laughs> the inside yellow the yellow yeah. triangle yeah. temple that'd be a fun little merch item Fuck i the saw bear a, in a photo cage. of uh some band playing some i think like sound and fury fest or some hardcore band and they had a flag over their amp and it had a bunch of like pyramids and shit and they were like oh the screenshot from midsummer based on reddit and i looked like really deep into the ama shit oh yeah fucking open that can do it oh no i was gonna do it while you spoke do it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it seems like people are asking him, like, oh, uh, who killed, um, what's his face? Pele's parents? Is that where you're headed with this? No. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Um, who shit. killed Mark? Who killed Mark? Like, or I'm sorry, yeah, who killed Mark was wearing his face when they killed uh, the other Yeah, guy. he it, says a it name, was, but I don't remember who. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is who we thought it was. It the, is? He pees on the ancestral tree and pisses that guy off. That's who kills him. That's the guy? Yeah. That kills him and then wears his face? Correct. He says that. Like, huh. right. I was like, okay, it makes sense. Because I remember them saying skin the fool, and I was waiting to see where that fell. Most, because it's, I can't remember if time-wise that lined up. Most interestingly, and almost depressingly, and me and Lucy talked about this afterwards, how there was uh, some of uh, the way Danny's character arc goes, losing her family, being taken in by a cult, being the Midsummer Queen, and ultimately having this whole, like, Hey, maybe, you know, like in a weird fucked up way, it's nice that now she has someone to embrace her. Yes. Because as the temple burns and that we have that final lasting shot of her being like terrified, but then kind of smiling. Um, Ari Aster has always maintained that she's lost her shit and she's just off the deep end. And Florence Pugh, Puggy, Pug H, said <laughs> that playing it as an actress, she didn't see, she wasn't playing it as that. She was playing it as... Um, not that. Not that she was off the deep end crazy. It was some... I forget what it was. Maybe what I just said. Something about like being community or something like that. That she like she found a home, it was out of, a family. Out of a place of malice or anything else like right. that. Like she had been like, oh, what's going on? Dude, if I ever got back into college, I would love to go to like a good school. Obviously, like everybody would. But I'd love to just spend way too much money going into the minds of actors and how they portray stuff differently than directors or writers actually say. Because I feel like so often we're like, what did the actor actually do? And I feel like unless you do that craft or like critique it, you have no idea what they brought or didn't bring to the table. What Ari Aster was saying in relation to something about like, oh, it was nice for Danny to have that character arc for the festival and blah, blah, blah. And everything's going to be hunky dory. And he was like, uh, this is a nine day festival. My movie did not take place over the course that. of nine days. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, fuck. Like, she were, probably well, ends up dead. They were asking, like, is this the thing that is this the culmination? The festival does of happen it? every yeah. year. That that yeah. culture of like the, the elders killing themselves at 72 yeah. happens all the time. But Just was this the, the only do they always those, have a May Queen? No. So that was or, the 90 wait, no. day part. No, it has to be. There has that's why someone brought up is like, oh, because clearly this festival is happening more than every 90 years mm -hmm. the only thing that changed the only thing about the 90 years is the sacrifices 
they still do the festival every year. Okay. That's why there's so many Midsummer Queens on the wall of that one. May Queens. May Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense because if they did it every 90 years, there wouldn't be photographic evidence of all of those May Queens. Correct. So I'm an idiot. I, uh, I thought that that ending was perfect because of the ability to like have those different opinions because not only do you tie the story you open up the conversation of like do you think she went crazy maybe do you think that it's a happy ending do you think that it's a fucking terrifying ending well both movies that and hereditary have this like epic climax with like bombastic music and like right like a right. play ending and it's like a move it's a it's a visual it doesn't match up with the music and shit you're hearing right it's like it's like a it's like a happy tragedy kind of so i Not think really. that Hail payment. This is kind of the uh I was saying something recently about payman. I forget what, but I like kept saying it and I was like, Dad, do you even know who payman is? Hail payman. He's like, no. And I'm like, why would you? Oh, it's this guy. Either way. Um I think that it's kind of a happy ending because who tell me this, who in that house that burned down was a good person that wasn't sacrificing themselves? Well, there was two guys that elected to sacrifice Right, that's what I mean. That like we they really voluntarily sacrificed themselves. Yeah. Who of the like people that showed up willing to do this was actually a good person? I think that Josh kind of is, but the other thing that, that gets into this that is like very interesting to me and why I want to like dive into this 50 times, there are different aspects of each character that kind of bring up almost like sociologic conversations of Americans going to other places. Mm -hmm. I know that he says, like, I don't want it to be seen as lucky Americans. You don't have to deal with this. But I do think that that's on purpose. Like, having Josh there, a.k.a. Cheedy from The Good Place, and B, I want to make sure I got the character right, because there are, like, four American names, and it's kind of hard to remember like each Josh, one. Josh, Mark, Kyle. Yeah, it's hard to remember who is who in there. And even, like, Danny, you're like, I don't remember. Danny's the only one I do remember. But even still, it's like and a four-letter like four name that you're like, ugh. Yeah. So, like, Christian is that shitty, lazy American that's just like, whatever, dude, I'll figure it out when I have to. And, he's and who's like, already, like, trying to get out of his relationship. Who's already a shitty dude the second you meet him. Because even in his... Fr like, it's not just like he's shitty to Danny. Just smoke some resin. <sighs> he's shitty to his friends, too, by being like, hey... Like, I was dying laughing and trying to contain it in the theater when they were like... I told Danny she can come. Don't worry, she's totally Dude, not going to we were come. all dying laughing. That was so funny to me. I was laughing because, and then Brendan said it. He's like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't think Brendan would do that on a whole fucking, like, trip, and that's whatever. But yeah, you have that aspect of it. You have Mark, who is just straight up, like, dude showed up vaping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pele doesn't count because Pele's not American. You have Danny, who not is, like, American. very busy with her own shit and i don't think that she's rude she seems very interested but then you also have josh who is this character that wants to learn about it and wants to take everything in but kind of at a risk of like betraying that whole idea and there's a whole like idea that you can dive into and read about and fucking philosophy of being a tourist and going to different places and being like, I want to take my photo in front of the Eiffel Tower. I want to take my photo in front of, like, the Tower of Pisa. Like, how much are you actually taking in? How much are you making that trip selfishly about you? And the idea of Josh, like, going to these places to write his thesis, how much are you learning? 
versus how much are you like, what can I get out of this? Look at me. Look at me. Like, are you experiencing it? Is it you really opening up and taking it in and enjoying that culture? Or are you just like, I want to tell people that I did this? Yeah. And it's fun that he can take four characters, put them in a place in Sweden and be like, here's my critique. Yeah. (laughs) Whether he did it on purpose or not, I'm sure. I don't know. And that's the fun thing about Ari is that we're on a first name basis, is that you can look at it like, yo, did you just write this philosophically for us to dissect it like that? Or did you just write some characters and it worked out? Yeah, because even he said, like, obviously going to this movie, like, this movie is about, like, sacrifices. Everyone in this movie is going to get picked off. That's the least interesting part of the movie. Like, that, that's a foregone conclusion. I yeah. want you to be focused on everything else. It took me a minute to realize no one was getting out alive. I figured, I mean, it was pretty... I once, was like, okay. Once I got to the point where Simon, that there was one truck, and... Was that me again? The inner fucking... That's so gross. Is that me? Yeah, it was you. That happens every podcast. It's so fucking gross. I'm going to get my throat removed surgically. Mm. Once they were like, there's one truck with one seat uh, for a passenger, and we can only take one person at a time. And you knew that it was a lie, but once they started lying about it, I was like, like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, no one's getting out of here alive. I I believe there are deleted scenes related to their their demise. Okay. I want to see them get killed. Well, you do see Simon flayed out. Yeah. Butterflied out. Most people are killed off camera in this movie. I thought, we're jumping around. Welcome to the Shimmer. When they, when Christian is tripping and is just running around naked. With his dick flopping around. I'm like, you could do that? It's fucking dong out. Hog out, baby. He's got fucking half pack of fucking Mentos going on. (laughs) When he is, when he finds Simon in that, uh, the little barn. And the blood eagle formation. I swore we were going to get a seven thing again, seven being the movie. Where he just goes, ah, 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 yes. he's still alive. Yes, where he's still alive. Because at some point, and maybe this was me just visualizing nope, the trippiness. Nope, the lungs were fucking moving in and out. Okay. They, were, they were exhaling. In and okay. Out. Yeah. I thought so. And I did the there same is shit. the one scene where you see a close-up of Christian's face and Simon's face. And I was like, he's going he's gonna to breathe on him. He's going to wake up and breathe. And I'm going to shit my pants. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to shit my fucking pants right now. What fucking good. No, that was it. I was just like, that's going to happen. No, and when like, it oh my didn't... God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They had you tense for a while until he finally blacks out. And you're like, right. okay. Who the fuck finds a body hanging up in a fucking barn and then wants to get as close as they can to, like, the mouth and, like, go underneath the body to be like... Mm-hmm. But imagine you're tripping and you just had sex with people that was essentially rape and you have no idea what's going on and you're running naked in this field and, again, you're tripping. Yeah, and then... What else tripped me out was when... Pun they, intended? <laughs> during the... Uh, in the moments after Danny's uh, crowned maid queen. Yes. When she's fucking... They put the crown on her head and shit like that. And the one fucking flower that's like right above her head is breathing every yes. time she yes. breathes. Yes. I was like, what the fuck? I had a friend tweet like the night before that said, don't go into this high or drunk. Like go into it sober. And I'm glad that I did the first time. I would love to see it high. I would love to see it. I mean, obviously, I really want to see it a lot. I you might just got to wait for it to be legal in New Jersey, and then you can totally do that. For sure. Correct. Never uh, break the law. Or I fly to... Do you know that Oregon right now has a surplus of weed? Oregon Trail? Because you can only buy... Even in states where it's legal, 
You can only buy from the state that grows it. Oregon's fucking real. That's so it was just even, that Vigi game. You're kidding, right? So even who the fuck lives in Oregon? What, what's anything Portland, that happened? Or, Portland, Oregon is like Portland doesn't top. count. Portland's That's like Washington, in Oregon. It's like Washington D.C. No, it it's count. Portland. It doesn't count. Also, there are other cities in Oregon. Oregon has one of the best coastlines you can go to and travel to. I did not know it was on the coast. Cannon Beach, Portland, or wow. Oregon. It's like an hour outside of Portland. Words of a traveled man. Oregon's amazing. I want to live there. Uh, but they have a problem right now because you don't like buy weed from the state that gr- I'm saying this incorrect. Uh, but like if weed is legal in Massachusetts, which it is, you can only buy weed grown in Massachusetts. So right now, Oregon has grown more weed than they're selling. Huh. So it's like, maybe I'll buy a plane ticket to Oregon, go see hereditary every day and help them with their problem because they have too much. You're just helping out. I'm just helping out, guys. But <laughs> do you think that... Um, fuck, what was it? Somebody tweeted this at me. Do you think that the May Queen dance was rigged? Uh, yeah. You do? Yeah. The way they were kind of like, oh, just kind of falling into each other and shit. I was trying to, trying to figure that out because I couldn't tell if it was actually rigged. And again, I like that it's... And again, we don't know what happens to the May Queen. I mean, there's obviously something happens probably deeper into. The I thought she festival. was going to get dead that movie. I thought that like they were going to be like ha ha does. ha, and then now we kill. I think she does again because no one was more, alive. There's how many more days of the festival? There's at least three or four days at, le- at least left. So maybe at the it's end, not like there's of any it, sort of like th- there's not some like you know uh, other community members that are like oh I was the May Queen once. There's no like that's former something May- they noticed. Yeah. There's no former May Queen member chilling out there. So. That, so that's the question of does this festival happen every year? I don't know if it does because, again, you have Pele who lives in America, who has lived in America for some time. He was living with the guys and never mentioned going back before. But you figure only him and then the other person brought outsiders back. Yeah. So they could easily trade off. But I mean, like, maybe it doesn't happen yearly. I feel like he said it did. Maybe it does. Um... God, nine years out of a day, out of or nine days out of a year, that's a big celebration. Yeah. Well, I guess it's Hanukkah. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> that's only eight <laughs> crazy nights, bro. But still, like, I'm thinking, like, could they do this every year? Like, yeah, they do. They totally um, could. But the other thing, not only that, I imagine that she might not get killed because Pele's whole thing of, like, trying to bring her in is saying, like, we have a family here that will welcome you. And it seems deeper, like... As fucked up and crazy as what I'm about to say is, they do not seem vindictive. They do not seem like they're doing malicious things for fun. Not like, for fun. It like is, they kill it's ingrained people. into their they culture. They skin the fool, but also like that dude peed on their ancestral tree. No, yeah, no. Everything, everything he said, he's like, this is like a weird, tra- like a weird culture. Right. It's what our, it's been going on for how long now? It's what we do. Like I don't remember them. But why are they doing it? There has to be a reason. The darkest thing that they do that you could argue like, yo, why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. And you are a bad person now is they kill Simon and they kill Connie and Josh. Well, no, Josh, it makes sense to kill because he was doing shit he wasn't supposed to do. Mark pee-peed on their, their tree. Christian got killed because Danny said so. They were brought there to die. They were brought there to be sacrificed. To be sacrificed. And then be the main May Queen. Yeah. They needed nine bodies. And they even said, like, in that little end speech, she's like, we have the bodies provided by Pella and whatever. Like, you yeah, brought yeah, the yeah, sacrifices. Yeah. Like, 
Good job. Well, I was trying to say, like, I was trying to basically just do my research and be like, is that fucked up of me to say, like, that they're not vindictive? Did everybody who died deserve to die? Well, it's like every good villain, like, doesn't think they're being a villain while they're being a villain. I know, but I'm not the villain. I'm the one trying to figure out if what I said was correct or not. We're in America. We rape and pillage and take whatever we want. And we're like the villains. That's what Vikings do. And take this knife out of my back and stab it straight into the heart of a country that was built on lies and murder. Was from it the this start. movie or something else? It was like, how come all the... Yeah, it's this movie where they're like, how come all the women here are hot? And they were like, because the Vikings just pulled the hottest ones. That was mm-hmm. this movie. I always forget. Yeah, the more and more I think about this movie, the more and more I like it. The more and more I want to see it again. I don't want to see it in theaters again. I'm I good. do. I'm good. I'll, I'll watch it again eventually. I was So as soon as we uh, saw it, I went home and I went out for a walk with my dad. I want to watch that extended cut. And I was like talking to him about it. And in my head, I was like, this is less scary than Annihilation. And I took him to Annihilation and he didn't mind it. Yeah. So in my head, I was like, is this worth taking my dad to? But there's a lot of nudity. I mean, there is definitely, I mean, it makes sense. Like, like do this... I want to go to the moan sex ring scene with my dad? Go to Not grab, really. Go to grab your beverage out of the cup holder, but accidentally grab the top of his hand instead. Did I ever tell you uh, when we saw American Pie, <laughs> when no. I was in fifth grade, we saw American Pie. And... In theaters? Yeah. Dude, I would have been jacking it right there Funny, to that, that well, Shannon Elizabeth scene. At that point, I hadn't touched my ween dorg for pleasure yet. Um, That's f- a whole other podcast. We should just do like a... <laughs> I've been pitching this for months before we keep going. Don't talk about you anything off. you're pitching right now while you're talking about jerking off. Well, that's what I'm saying. A podcast. You're about these tents you're pitching. A podcast that literally yeah. is just a story. Every week you have someone else tell a story about the first thing they ever jerked off to. I feel like that's a very... Who, I mean, I feel like a lot of people would listen to it, but they also might not talk about listening to it. Dude, and we would have to get guests, thing. which we have shown in the two podcasts that we've run <laughs> that we're not that good at it. We could do it. We would. I feel like a lot of people would do it, but with like fake robot voices and fake names. Like, nah. here's you Kenneth. You have a fake name, yeah. But do whatever you want, but it's like everyone had to jump through. I think you're 30 and below. Well, 30 and above. 28 and above, maybe. It'd be like... You had to jump through hoops at some point to whack off. <laughs> you get so now it's like I mean I'm 16 and uh, yeah when I first started jerking off I got horny and then I just opened up my phone. <laughs> there's no there's no story. So the whole th- yeah that is crazy. I thought about that recently where I was just like, dude, when we were younger, we would find like one photo and it would last us for like fucking years. You used to see something on HBO at like 10 o'clock at night that had titties in it. And then I would make sure I came back downstairs three hours later so West Coast HBO is on. <laughs> and I could see them titties again by myself. Like how often That's work. did kids in our age like freak out about the Victoria's Secret magazine coming out or like anything with like even a swimsuit edition or like a Coles fucking flyer catalog that had swimsuit photos in it? To advertise for their sales, and now kids are just like, I can just go on porn.com. I'd be sitting in school with like three and a half hours of sleep wrecked because I did that to myself just to be able to whack it. Yeah. That's a sacrifice. I Much like the sacrifices in Ari Aster's (laughs) Midsommar. No, the whole funny thing about American Pie, though, was uh, I 
wanted to go see the South Park movie because I was in fifth grade. Yes. And my dad didn't, but we were leaving to go see a movie. It was back in the day where you were just like, I'm going to show up and see what's playing soon type thing mm-hmm. before the internet. And uh, we showed up and he was like, how about we see American Pie? And he had no idea that it was going to be like that. Yeah, yeah. And the Shannon Elizabeth scene comes up and I think there's another sex scene in it that there's had a- like boobies in it. Yeah. And at some point I went to get a drink of my soda and I put it on my lap and I was like, oh my God, it looks like I'm hiding a boner right now. You got in your own head? Yeah, 100%. Always. Like, I've always been that way. <laughs> it's not what it looks like. In, like and I like from the moved it back to the cup holder and I was like, well, now this is just fucking weird because I want to drink a soda, but I don't want him to think I'm hiding a boner. And American Pie. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but there was a while where I saw that movie a lot. I definitely rented it on VHS. I borrowed it from a friend and never gave it back. Blockbuster, baby! Did you ever have Netflix when uh, they would do the DVDs? Yes. The mail at homes? I've had Netflix, my same Netflix account, for over 10 years. Same. I had the Blockbuster one, and then I switched to Netflix, because I think they had more uh, indies and foreign films than Blockbuster did, and then just switched to streaming. They got rid of the whole Netflix mailers, didn't they? I I think they did. I don't know. But it's crazy to think now, like, how regular it is that you can go on to Netflix and be like, oh, fuck, they don't have that movie on Netflix. But the DVD stri- the DVD mailers was legit. Like, you can get every movie ever. Yeah. God, the way I, that we consume shit now. Well, like, I haven't, I mean, whatever. Who am I, I'm not hiding from the government. I haven't bought anything in forever. I'll probably buy... Midsommar. Like, I have no physical media at all. I think in terms of movies outside of, like, random band DVDs I've hold on, held on to. Yeah. Like band live DVDs. And then, like, obviously music. I have, like, records and shit. But, like, I download everything. I have rented, uh, like, digitally rented movies recently. Like, if I go over to a friend's house or something, like, we might rent a movie and pay, like, four ninety nine or three ninety nine on movie? Amazon. Uh, I think recently I rented... Happy Death Day. Because I was at a friend's house. Fucking download Plex and just go. Because it's like people that might not have like smart TVs or access to the internet and, right, yeah. or access to like websites. At some at some point, Brendan um, was in a relationship where I knew where he was because he logged into it onto a PlayStation 3 or something yeah. like that. And I could always see like PlayStation. I was like, oh, Brendan's out. I definitely out. went to a friend's house later after we did this and I realized that I could access the internet through their smart TV. So I like painstakingly went on there with their remote and was like plex.tv and like Plex is in. on everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you just have the internet, you can access it now. But oh, yeah. 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 I don't know. Midsummer. <laughs> how long? How far are we at? We got enough. I feel like there's so much that I could dissect and like. And we'll interject half of our upcoming podcast to probably yeah, get, get into it. This is definitely on that annihilation level of like, I'm going to be thinking about it for years to come and I want to keep going. The other crazy thing I thought about is Midsummer just came out in July, July 3rd. Correct. Hereditary came out last year, July at some point. Yeah, they're like a year apart. Imagine like... So much of the film industry is taking chances with people because when he's sitting there doing Midsummer and everyone's giving him money and committing to him, 
You have no idea what Hereditary is going to be. He didn't start filming Midsummer until <laughs> after Hereditary came out. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they started filming. It had that. to have been like the next fucking day. I mean, the budget's not big. It was under ten million dollars both both times. But still, there's so much shit. Cause he's saying like he had to fight with the MPAA for six weeks. Um, even well, that plus, alone. Keep in mind, Hereditary already had the gigantic buzz, the offers, the the whole thing going. So in May, it was announced he was going to write and direct Midsummer. I always forget um, that like the movies that we see that become the big directorial debuts that are huge also have already like circuited all of the film festivals. According to Astor, he had been approached by A24 executives to helm a slasher film set in Sweden, an idea which he initially rejected. He felt he had way no, he had no way into the story. Astor ultimately devised a story in which the two central characters are experiencing relationship tensions verging on a breakup and wrote the surrounding screenplay around this theme. He describes the result as a breakup movie dressed in the clothes of a folk horror film. In July 2018, most of the cast... The principal photography began July 30th and ended in October of 2018. Jesus. Yeah. In Budapest, Hungary. That's where they filmed it. Budapest, like, isn't even that far off the beaten path. Like, that's a city. I read something else, too, saying, like, how, like, there was, like, three different film crews and most of them didn't speak English. And it was, like, a whole shit show. Like, that was the hardest part. Like, the guy that plays Christian was like, I'm surprised the movie got fucking finished because this was crazy. Like... That dude also is a director of his own, and he did something with Will Poulter uh, that I is saw that. coming out, and it looks very, very fucking artsy. Yeah. Um, also, with the AMA, I was able to find all of the links to all of Ari Aster's short films, so yeah. one night we will have to dive into that. I've already seen three of them? Wow! Fucking hot shot over here, big leagued me right now on our own podcast, didn't even wait for us to fucking finish before he had to stick his foot in my face. The strange thing about the Johnsons is probably the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my entire life, and revolves around a family in which the son is molesting the father throughout a multi-year period of time wow spoiler alert from the one person that has actually seen any of these uh short films that never even sent me a text saying hey i'm gonna watch this short film do you want to watch it with me at the same time so it's like we're hanging out in the same room together like you do in long distance relationships i didn't know did you ever do that with anybody no oh it's so fun you're like yo we're gonna watch the same thing let me hit play in three two one and then halfway through you're like did you just get the startup screen? Did you just get the scene where so-and-so does this? And you're like, yeah. And then they're like, I think I'm like a second ahead of you. And it's like, okay, no spoilies. Yeah. It went viral in like 2011. It was a big thing. Oh, is that like how that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman movie went viral? Because it had a, a scene of him J and O? Yeah. How can we always say J-O-ing? It should be J and O. That's the theme of this podcast, jerking off. Yeah, I think we're... Jesus. Oh, cool. Did he just throw up? All right, well... uh. Thanks for listening to us. We're going to immediately do another episode because... He's oh, lying. Wait. We're going to go jerk off. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, hope you enjoyed this. If you haven't seen Midsummer yet, I don't know why you're still listening. If you haven't seen Midsummer and you had other, com- other questions and conversations, feel free to tweet at us on Shimmer Podcast or my personal JJBMLFW or Brian's B. Batiste because I feel like just in the little that I've talked to people, you could easily do a whole other episode just with questions and conversations. Jesus. All right, Jesus we are Christ. done because Pug is ready for us to be done. Have a good day. Bye.